There was a lot of sex in this book. There is so much sex in this book. <laughs> Dude, I never knew. I did not know. I, it's cool. Welcome to the Pew 39 Podcast. My name is Ben. And with me, as usual, is Syl. Hey. Me. Hey. What's up? Mm, just got up, as usual. But <laughs> uh, I went to sleep last night at 9 p.m. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it kind of backfired on me, though, because I woke up at 2.30 and I was awake until 5.30. Okay, yeah, that's that's not hell yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's too, it, too much. It was interrupted sleep. But, you know, I really did my best to go to sleep early. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I guess that's what I get. Sometimes I'm successful in sleeping through the night, but last night was not one of them. Yeah. I mean, I've been... It happens. I've been bumping, like, between 10 and 10.30 bedtime, which it maybe should be earlier i'm one of those like i can it takes me an hour to fall asleep or whatever sometimes more sometimes less but i have to like toss and turn a whole bunch oh okay yeah yeah i can i can fall asleep generally rather quickly i would say um even if i'm not super tired so to toss for like an hour (laughs) is and let alone last night, I was just awake for like three hours. That's yeah, I was mad. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, I mean it's a little better now that I'm like trying to kind of regulate my my sleep schedule. But mm-hmm. it, especially in university and like even until like in quarantine and stuff, where it's like screw it, I'll stay up till midnight or one or two, and then wake up when I need. Um. Mm-hmm. is just it was just awful <laughs> just the worst i definitely had that attitude in the very beginning of quarantine i'm sure you remember but i was like the type of person that go to sleep at like 8 30 8 39 but when quarantine started i was awake till yeah like almost one regularly which is just a total wild. switch yeah but now that I have class and I have a job, I'm usually asleep no later than like 11, mm-hmm. maybe midnight if I know I don't have work or school the next day. But yeah, it also helped um, kind of get me to wake up at a more normal time, I guess. So that's good. Yeah. So uh, today is a... A, a fun episode, one I've been looking forward to. Uh, I believe we mentioned it maybe in our like our introductory episode, but uh, one of the things that we planned on doing was a like a book club setup. So uh, unless something changes, uh, probably once a month we'll be doing our our book club episode where we alternate reading things. And uh, November's book is. Brave New World by I don't know how to pronounce his name. I Aldous? think it's Aldous. 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 Aldous Huxley. 
Huxley, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually excited about having a book club because it'll get me to read more. Right? <laughs> and, like, I love reading. I just kind of never think to do it. Oh, dude, in in school I was... I like I would get in trouble for reading. Like I would stay up late with like a flashlight and stuff, and I would be reading during every other class except reading class, and I, I was it was a problem. And then that part of me died at some point. But mm-hmm. I definitely grew up loving to read, but I didn't. I wasn't like that. I wasn't reading like nonstop. I guess I kind of stopped when I started playing soccer. Okay. Yeah, video yeah, I games, still love uh, reading. <laughs> oh, and video games. I video guess. games like kind of killed it, I think. Yeah. I'm still sort of like if I if I start reading a book, I will devour that book. Like I will not stop. Mm-hmm. But starting a book is now the the world's biggest task. The other thing I wanted to to mention uh, that people may notice about this episode it's it's not a Monday. And also, we already released an episode this week. So, the tentative plan for December, at least, and this, um, it might change. It might go month by month, or uh, the days may change slightly. But the tentative plan for December is to attempt doing two episodes a week. Uh, just because our, our schedules are lining up right for it and we're, we're both having a good enough time and also uh, with the exception of our book club episodes we do like no preparation <laughs> so it's really really easy to just yeah. turn on the mic and start talking so why not mm-hmm. yeah hit the topic a little and then just talk yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh wait 20 minutes before getting into what we want to talk about and then doing that for like three minutes and venturing off mm-hmm. this episode will be different though you mentioned brave new world within the first five minutes i think so, so yes yeah we're <laughs> off to a good start um definitely so it's it's like impossible to to talk about brave new world without talking about like the other I, I don't know how many it is is it a trinity or like a square like these other uh dystopian novels in particular uh 1984 and fahrenheit 451 are the two that come to me maybe animal farm yeah. as well but i haven't read 1984 i really tried a few times i had the not audio i had a pdf version of it <laughs> on um one of my tablets and i think i probably read the first few chapters like six times but i never finished it and i haven't read animal form but i love fahrenheit 451 i've read that one like three times okay so have you read all of them i have technically read all of them 1984 i've done twice and i it's the one i remember like the most about well, I guess Animal Farm I think I've also maybe done twice. I think. I don't know. I, I enjoyed Animal Farm quite a bit as well. Uh, Fahrenheit 451, I have definitely read, but I would be hard-pressed to remember any true details about it. I know the very yeah. vague 
things that happen, but even then it's so limited. I think I read it as like a as part of a short story adaptations class during like mm-hmm. my roughest year of university. So <laughs> it did not stick with me. Yeah. Um, I know I read it for sure my freshman year of high school and I really liked it, I remember. Um, and then I read it again for pleasure, I guess. But I'm pretty sure I read it again during high school for like silent reading type thing. Like where okay. you had to where you had to do a book report. Actually I think that might have been like tenth grade even. As did silent reading book report stuff in tenth grade. I don't think it was actually silent reading, but we did do book reports. We had like That's dope. Yeah, we had it wasn't your traditional like write a summary of the book. It was it's okay, my memory is fleeting, but um we definitely had to read several books per semester and you never knew when you had to report on it. Um, oh. So it was like a class, my language arts class, and then we had a student aide, and either my teacher or the student aide in their free time would call random people up, ask them like how far you are in the book that you're reading, and they would like determine how far you are. And if you lied, you were kind of screwed because they would then flip through like parts that you have read stop on a page read like two paragraphs and make you explain what's happening and some of the characters that are involved if there's like more than one okay yeah and i remember i remember that happened and i don't know how many books we had to read but we definitely had to read some books more than one for sure mm-hmm. i remember i just like made one up completely but they just They never read the book, so it was no big deal. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I know we did uh, 1984 for, for, well, it was a thing where, like, we had, like, maybe a dozen books to choose from, and we could, like, choose whichever one we wanted, and then whoever chooses that book, like, that's your, your group to work with, and if it's too big, then you split off or whatever, and... Uh-huh. Me and some of my friends chose 1984, and it was pretty dope. It was because it was like that perfect group of friends where everybody's actually interested, but mm-hmm. also like we could dick around. So that was yeah. nice. That's the one with the big TV, right? In the beginning. Well, yes. <laughs> that's like all I remember. There's like a big TV that just like uh, like shines subliminal subliminal messages. Uh, that sounds right. Like Big Brother's watching and that sort of thing. Yeah. Double think yeah. all that. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So how does how does Brave New World compare, like to the other, uh, other dystopian stuff you've read? Is well, it a new favorite or bottom of the barrel? I would put it under Fahrenheit four fifty one, but it's also because. I guess it's my first read. Mm-hmm. And there were parts of the book where I just read it and I was like, what? And I needed to reread 
specifically the prologue. The prologue didn't make any sense to me when I started the book. And then it made sense to me after. So you had me worried when you said prologue. Do you just mean like the first, like the the facility tour or something? No, there's a prologue in mine. You had a prologue? Or a forward. Oh, you read a, a forward. F- okay, well that doesn't, I, yeah. I didn't, Sorry, the forward. Okay. <laughs> first yeah, first and it book was episode, written... we read different books. <laughs> no, <laughs> and it has like, um, what is it? It was written after the fact with uh, Huxley just going over like possible alternate endings. Oh. And like different things he could have written about. So I just didn't, it didn't like make any sense to me. Yeah. So. I would never do a forward before. (laughs) That's brave of you. Well, I, I don't know. I just read it in order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did really enjoy it though. I liked the idea of people trying to guess what a dystopian future will be like oh yeah um i think for me uh of the dystopian stuff i've read it it might be like one of my it might be my new favorite i i think i like it better than the 1984 or animal farm like both oh, really? in yeah both in i think concept and just like the prose was very very good for anyone who doesn't know by the way uh brave new world uh, very briefly is the idea that in the future humans are like genetically engineered um Mm -hmm. so mass produced yeah like what is it what's the number like sixteen thousand people to one one egg i think based Uh, like there's whatever process they talk about but bulk Boskonoskvi or something. Some... I know it was definitely eight thousand, but doubled could definitely be sixteen thousand. Yeah, yeah, it was like a, like eight thousand was the median or something, but like they were going yeah. for records off of one egg or whatever. Um, yeah. So there's like a a manufactured uh, caste in society. So uh, for some of the uh, developing embryos or fetuses, they like do a slight lack of oxygen and uh, try to have them be not so bright but very strong in these form like the the epsilon cast of society who like do all the grunt work and then mm-hmm. on the opposite end of the spectrum you have like the the alpha pluses who uh, have the cushy office jobs uh, political work and, <laughs> and that sort of thing so everybody yeah, is and- Oh yeah, go on. Sorry. Oh, um the caste system something that's super neat about it is even though they're forcibly like the lowest caste, they're also conditioned to be totally accepting of their position in society. Mhm. Which is super cool to me because they just don't I mean, from my understanding, they would not mind the upper class and just go on with their day every day yeah that's why it's so that's that's also what draws me in because they're so like an example would be um like for the epsilon class maybe and it's kind of the same the same style of thinking for each class for the one above it or like in the middle or whatever like oh man i'm so glad that i'm a a gamma 
and not a beta because mm-hmm. betas have to think so much. I wouldn't want to deal with yeah. all that nonsense. But I'm mm-hmm. glad I'm not a delta. They work way too hard. Like, yeah. this weird, like, I'm glad I'm not the other guy, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, above and below, mm-hmm. which is neat. <laughs> so, kind of in uh, similar to 1984, and I, I guess I assume Fahrenheit 451 to some extent, uh, our main characters are kind of challenging this, this system a little bit. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, basically the the book serves as a, a vehicle to guide us through how the society works and and what someone who is even a tiny bit outside of this might look like, and then eventually we are introduced to some major outsiders. So, yeah, yeah, the outside outsiders. Yeah, actual outsiders. <laughs> I really like. The idea of ge- genetic farming, I guess. Not that it's morally correct, but <laughs> the idea that it's possible in like the actual future is really mm-hmm. cool. Like, yeah, it's it's blasphemy that you could change genes growing up, or not growing up, but like in the future, it's it's within reach. Oh yeah, dude. Like this is what is it called? Designer genes. I probably think. that sounds like that sounds punny enough to uh, to be correct. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the movie? I think it's called Gattaca. Gattaca. I think that's the name of it. Um, is it a space movie? It's a. It's like a future. It's it's basically kind of the plot of this but uh the main character wants to be an astronaut but his parents had him naturally so he doesn't meet the standards that society has to become an astronaut hmm no you might you might well like i already it. knew that i didn't watch it but <laughs> i was thinking Gattaca was a video game like that old space video game that's is that galactica galactica maybe galactica, i'm wrong maybe no, no, no. It's I... it's something along the lines. Yeah. It's like an old school game. I've played it. I, know I thought maybe they made a movie. Yeah, I know which <laughs> I know which one you're talking about because I played it. I don't think the movie is named after it. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, very similar like genetic engineering stuff because you know if you could ensure that you're kid I, to some extent it 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 makes sense and i think it's an okay thing if you could guarantee that your kid wasn't susceptible to diseases or didn't have allergies or uh, didn't need glasses or something like that's fine i think i mean some people might disagree but like that sort of thing is okay but then of course you get to the point of like now people are going to make sure their kids have this color of hair or this color of skin, mm-hmm. uh, these features, like, then it gets messy. Yeah, I I agree um, for the most part. I think, I, yeah, I don't know. If I was given the opportunity to make sure that my child doesn't have certain ailments... I think as a mother, I would definitely want to go that route. 
But then again, I don't know to what, like, what's the limit on playing God, you know? Yeah. So, but if I could, if I, if my mom had the opportunity to change my DNA in the womb where my eyesight wouldn't degenerate, I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Because I can't see shit. (laughs) I feel you. And it's, it's hard not having my glasses or something or just like sometimes it's so inconvenient oh yeah but yeah i mean that's really not important compared to like illnesses that you could prevent and stuff well you know Mm -hmm. there's that um there is that procedure when you're pregnant if you're like in a high-risk class you can do the Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a crazy long needle that goes in your belly button and it basically tests for um, Down syndrome and um, other, I I don't want to say defects, but other diseases. Potential problems or or unforeseen things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think at that point, if you get the results and something is already visibly wrong with your child um you have the option to abort Mm -hmm. which is pretty crazy but i think i don't know that's a that's a hard topic (laughs) yeah yeah but the fact that science has evolved has come that far is pretty cool oh yeah and science will just keep getting even better or worse depending on what books you're reading (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess to wrap up our spoiler free section of this uh would you would you recommend this book to people yeah i would anyone who didn't read it um in school i think should read it (laughs) yeah um yeah, when I was reading the book, at least like 40 pages in, I was like, why didn't I read this when I was in high school? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, and it's very like, it's a quick read, ultimately. I think I knocked it out. Like I just sat down on, on a Sunday and I read it in like four or four and a half hours, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not not too bad. Yeah, and it's not too dense either. There are definitely some chapters that are more dense than others but mm-hmm. some of the ones with like a lot of dialogue and um where it's not just solely focused on philosophical meanings <laughs> those ones fly yeah but yeah it didn't take me too long to read either and it wasn't even that long of a book so that's good mm-hmm. yeah it's like 300 pages i think like almost on mm-hmm. the nose maybe uh yeah so from from this point on uh any anything's fair game as far as plot and everything uh i do encourage everybody to read the book if you have time uh it's great um it's a classic and it's a classic for a reason oh yeah oh yeah there's a lot of sex in i this totally book. understand there is so much sex <laughs> in this book dude i never knew i did not know i it's cool how they use it <laughs> 
Okay, like, in the first, I don't know, few chapters of the book, when they were like, the children are engaging in erotic play, I was like, what? Huh? What? (laughs) And, yeah, uh, just normal, you know, normal stuff. Yeah, it's, uh... I mean, it. it's kind of, I could see how even, like, back then even more so it would be a little shocking. It's still a little shocking reading it now. Like, you know, let's just, you oh, know, yeah. kids who are just want to explore each other, let them go at it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's kind of nuts. Um, it does make yeah. sense, though. Like, for how the, basically... Um, it's just a, like the the idea of sex and like how how it's viewed in this world, in the book's world. It's just another kind of form of control, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Right off the bat, I was like, really intrigued by the idea of mothers are just outdated, and to have a mother is centuries old and just um like mother was like treated as an explicit word yeah even. it was like it was actually obscene yeah i think they said uh like saying that someone had a father was like a very crude joke but saying someone had a mother like that was actually like those are fighting words like you're actually yeah. being ridiculously uh vulgar yeah, super vulgar. Don't you dare say mother, but the kids having erotic play is totally fair game. Well, that, and then, like, again, just kind of shocking, like, all these, uh, like, safe sex practices and stuff. Like, there's some ritual that they allude to, and I don't, I don't know exactly what it would be, but basically... The orgy-porgy? Orgy-porgy. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second (laughs) orgy porgy um but like how and i think this is maybe a i I don't know if it's reflective of the time or if if uh, the book kind of leaned one way on this but the the main character bernard our our main character who is uh not happy with the system because he he's an alpha plus but he is just a little bit too short. And that makes people treat him... It, it's like, it, it, I think they said eight centimeters or something. Or not even that. It's something, like, yeah. It was like... T- yeah. It was small. It's enough to... But that's enough to make people, like, question if he's actually, like, an Alpha Plus. Like, they kind of... He, he said, like, he gets, he gets things done when he talks to the lower casts, but he has to, like, yell sometimes, or he has to say it twice, which is unheard of so mm-hmm. uh he feels the system has kind of is not is not good and because of that he's kind of become more of his own person he's not happy in a society where everybody else is and mm-hmm. one of the things he gets at is how he he doesn't like the way that the the men are talking about women like oh mm-hmm. have you tried so and so oh she's great but have you been with with so and so? Oh, I haven't. You really must try her. Like, yeah. <laughs> and 
I get, I, I certainly like they're treating the the women like meat, but also the women were doing it, and that's something we didn't really see. We didn't really see that thought process from the from their point of view, but like the women are also saying like, oh, have you tried Henry? Like you should mm-hmm. really try mm-hmm. Henry. Yeah. And then they're like, well, Bernard is so odd. Yeah. But he's so nice. And yeah, he was so nice. He's so different. Yeah, I love the the pregnancy. What was it? Pregnancy s- solution. Um, yeah, yeah. Belts that the women wore. That is just like birth control. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they have like mandated like basically a, a pack of condoms and like other stuff. <laughs> yeah. You never know. You never know when orgy porgy might happen. Okay. I was like, when I was reading orgy porgy, I was like, okay, how exactly is this happening? Like, the way they explained it is they were just like in a circle and then they start chanting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then, yeah, it's it was interesting. They're all yelling and they're all high off their minds off soma oh yeah that's right uh soma exists that's a thing yeah um which is basically a controlling drug yeah it's like a tranquilizer i'd say Mm -hmm. like a mild tranquilizer i think in i think in very small doses yeah and then at like what was it if you take like three grams of it you're basically fucked up for like a day or whatever like they call it going yeah, on a holiday a and they they constantly yeah. refer to it as like christianity in a bottle without any of the anxiety mm-hmm. and i like i don't know if it was lenina or yeah i think it was lenina where she was like contemplating how how much soma she should take and she's like if i take three grams i won't wake up in time tomorrow or yeah yeah whatever and then she's like i settled on 1.5 grams oh yeah she was between like one gram and two grams so she just went with one yeah 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 one two that's funny and then like even what's cool is that the or at least to my understanding all of the all of the different casts got soma right even the epsilons had like their rations yeah yeah so i'm assuming that everybody has access to it which is nice and it's not just like an alpha beta type thing yeah there's the uh well that's like that's how they bottle the any potential negativity right like oh man i'm stressed better take my soma um, yeah. It seemed like everybody had access to like all the sports and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, sports in this world, drastic, uh, same but different. So, everything is bent on like consumption. So, sports are not allowed to exist unless they are something that uses like a lot of complex machines or parts or has like a lot of equipment because then people need to buy that equipment 
or like rent a mm-hmm. space to use that equipment so it's all about consumption and they did mention like there's a gamma or like epsilon courts or something but they're like at a less desirable part of the building or whatever but they still have like access yeah what was it they like went in a helicopter to go golfing yeah yeah everybody and it was like not really golf it was like top golf yeah it was like in my yeah, yeah in my interpretation it was like just the golf where you hit balls into like the unknown. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's everybody drives helicopters. That's the uh, the method of transit. Yeah. Um, I love that he went for a helicopter instead of like floating, levitating vehicle, or like yeah. more more futuristic. He just chose something that exists already. I mean, that would and it's like that would be shitty. Like, helicopters are loud, you know? They're so loud. And it's not very practical to just take a helicopter to the next building over. But, I mean... Apparently it is. Nobody, <laughs> Nobody's guess. concerned about that here. Yeah. But yeah, I know that, like, people who just ignorantly assume... Or, like, uh, some futuristic ideas from... I don't know, even 10 years ago, they're like, everyone will teleport. Everyone (laughs) will just fly these spaceships. What are they called? Like the Jetsons? Yeah. Hover cars and stuff. Hover cars. Yeah, that. Or Um, some sort of. But yeah, he chose a helicopter. Yeah. And there's helicopter taxis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta catch one. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how you hail a taxi. You probably just press a button in your apartment. Something. I'm sure it's, like, super convenient. Just put your hand up oh, yeah. for, like, a millisecond and someone's there. Yeah. It's something. I don't know. Someone's um, watching with, a like, a super telescope. Yeah, so... That guy needs a ride. We have this society full of happy people. Just sending out, like, reverie scenes. Yeah. Yeah, so big, uh, the big, not not climax, but uh, uh, I don't even think it's halfway, but the the action of this book, a lot of it stems from when our main characters, uh, Bernard and, how is her name pronounced? I was pronouncing it Lenina. Lenina? I, I like that. We'll go with that. <laughs> Lenina. Okay. Uh, Bernard Lenina. and Lenina go to a reservation, which only, uh, unfortunately, called a savage reservation. Um, and it is basically a, a, a like an Indian reservation. So, mm-hmm. except it's it encompasses, like, many different groups and it's not really so much about respecting uh like indigenous cultures as it is about um they exist in places where it there's not enough resources to be worth developing or something like that so they just kind of cage it all off 
and let the people exist mm -hmm. as they want. So you still have things like religion, which is now mixed with uh, some muddied indigenous uh, religions. It's they like worship some gods, and among them is uh, like Jesus Christ is is part of this kind of pantheon. And yeah, here is where we meet uh, two. Well, a woman who was from you know proper society and had been in an accident and presumed dead and mm -hmm. her son who has been told all his life by this woman uh what perfect society is like and how dirty and disgusting they are so that's <laughs> uh we we bring them back to society and that is where a lot of the action happens yeah and it was such a different setting, I guess. The way he kind of drew it out was all these beautiful people in the new world, and then these people just living on dirt type mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, he went unnecessarily hard. <laughs> well, the... it was also... He, he wrote this book probably in the 20s. Yeah. So there was already a class divide, you know, and mm. um, it, people weren't so woke about um, like indigenous genocide and like the importance of indigenous people, you know. Yeah. It was like the new America and industrialization. So that's that's where this stems from, and I totally get it. But reading it now, it's kind of like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I I suppose maybe he's also exaggerating it even farther. Just like oh yeah, absolutely. Because compared to like the mindsets of the characters from society, it would feel like infinitely awful. Uh huh. Yeah. And, okay, I don't know if maybe you can, maybe you can answer this. Why is, so, in the book, they would call the controller, well, his name was Mustafa Mond, but, mm -hmm. like, sometimes they would call him by his name, but then also call him the controller. And then there was also the director of the the hatchery and i at the at the beginning i thought they were all the same person hmm. but yeah it was until it like it took me a while to understand that the controller and mustafa were the same were the same person but um yeah, i got nothing for you there <laughs> okay i i no problem yeah I think it well, I know. So, is the di the director of the hatchery is the one who was with Linda, right? The yes. the lady who was left in the savage land. Yeah, yeah. And then when they when he discovered her, he was just like, "I I quit." She well, doesn't yeah. exist to me. I gotta yeah. go. I think he. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that. So they, 
Bernard brings Linda back, and it's this whole big... Everybody's fascinated, of course, and um, the, the director who is... Her lover, I guess it's it's hard to describe because marriage is not encouraged and long term relationships are not encouraged until you're mm-hmm. like old, which by their standards is like fifty. Um, yeah, that's so, old. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, Bernard just humiliates the director, and I think the director like ends up stepping down because like it's so shameful or whatever. But. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to have an opposite reaction from the way he was telling Bernard in like a previous scene where he was like, we searched for her, but she was nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. And then he had to fly back alone. I don't know. I thought he was going to be more excited to see her, but I was very wrong. I think it's because she's like gross now. Like she's fat and That's true. disgusting. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, she was described as just horrifying looking, yeah. which is sad. Well, because she probably wasn't even fat; she was probably just average size. Yeah, I was gonna. I was actually just thinking that. Like, I doubt it was even like super fat. But if you're if you're used to an entire society where everybody is like kind of the same, then it would be mm-hmm. again. It'd be shocking, and that's a that's one of the things that John. Or Mr. Savage, as they call him. <laughs> um, Mr. John Savage. Yeah. He notices, and it's um, we get to see things from his point of view, and it's like this this world, this society is not perfect to him. It is a nightmare. Um, and he keeps seeing... Mm-hmm. So, as as we mentioned, like, super early, uh, eggs are, you know, you could get 8,000 people from a single egg. And these people all look alike. Uh, they are literally raised in batches, so imagine looking around and you see thousands and thousands and thousands of the same face surrounding you, and they're yeah. different people, but also not. So he's basically just in hell in this society. Yeah, it reminds me of that episode of The Fairly Odd Parents. I think the episode is literally called The Same Game, where they all are gray and they look the same. Mm. That's Brave New World. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> Except yeah. they're all beautiful and look the same. And on drugs. <laughs> and on drugs. And, okay, what about the, the, like, they were like movies, but they were called feelies. Yeah, and so it was like a... You just, like, held on to a knob and, like, could feel. It was, like, audio sensory. Yeah, so it was, like... That kind was of kind of a wild idea. I mean, I was surprised they didn't... Given how much sex came up, I was surprised it wasn't just a porno that you could feel. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, the... the uh, John is, like blown away by the fact that he can like feel the the protagonist kissing a a woman on screen so Uh yeah we get that um but on the opposite end at the very end when the producer creates a feely about john like why would anyone want to go 
and watch a production and feel like they're getting whipped. So that's like one of the one of the things I find incredibly interesting is yeah, near the end, uh, so John just keeps like getting worse and worse, and uh, we can revisit it in a second. But essentially, the other two characters, there's Bernard, Bernard, and uh, one of his friends who kind of feels like he's outside of society for the opposite reason. He just happens to be a bit more intelligent, a bit more creative, and because of that, he's also unhappy because he's unfulfilled. Um, both of these characters kind of get a happy ending. Uh, maybe not for Bernard, uh-huh. but uh, this other guy, I, I forget his name, honestly. I, I don't know if I ever knew how to pronounce it because it was an unfamiliar one to me. Um, Helm, um, Helmholtz. Helmholtz? Benito? Helmholtz. No. Hoover? Helm- no. You know how to Helmholtz. pronounce Hoover. Helmholtz? Helm- Helmholtz. Yeah. Helmholtz. Yeah, something. Something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, and he, he really likes writing poetry and stuff, and basically they get sent to an island. I don't know if it's the same one, I guess, but uh, he goes to an island that they pretty much reserve a lot of these islands all over the world for people who no longer fit into society. And I suppose the idea is that this is enough of a minority that it's not worth their time to, like, go 1984 on their ass and recondition them so they just ship them off to an island which is super interesting to me yeah um but to get back though so john is like left alone and going like more and more insane and eventually tries to leave the world but uh of course it it finds him and this director sneaks up to where he's living and records however that happens uh records a feely of john like self-flagulate flag flagellating flag flagell flagellating i think self-flagellating and yeah so this becomes a, a hit feely and supposedly a ton of people have experienced like someone whipping themselves dozens of times and bleeding uh-huh. out um and i think that ties in because at the like how how this whole thing ends for for john is um he sees lenina and he like just is filled with rage because she's like everything that he hates about this world and he met her early on and just hates her and kind of loses control with all of these people watching dozens and dozens of people standing around like enjoying the savage and he just starts like (laughs) whipping her and he's whipping her and whipping her and drawing blood and stuff and Mm -hmm. these people get into like a fervor like it literally like they start chanting orgy porgy and like it's like south park blood orgy basically (laughs) and uh he wakes up the next morning and realizes what he's done and then he hangs himself. But I think it's that, I think more than anything, it's like a release, I guess. Like, it's so it's so contrasting to well, what they've experienced, that... you know? Yeah, um, I 
I want to say it's because they don't typically feel pain anyways. So, I mean, they probably can fall and get hurt, but any other type of pain is just muted by Soma. Mm -hmm. So, to feel is, I don't know, just like to feel is intriguing to them. It's like something to do. Yeah. Feel anything. To feel or to maybe even to feel strongly, right? Because there's, it doesn't even yeah, seem like there's. Feel strongly. Yeah. It doesn't even feel like there's lust, even like strong lust, and there's no love. Like there's just a general happiness, but that's not the same. Yeah, because like by the end of the book, well, towards the end, Lenina was like, I want John so bad. I've never wanted someone like that. But I remember her being like, ew, this kid's gross, this savage, mm -hmm. um, whatever. But yeah, and that was like the only real instance of lust, I guess, in this book. Yeah. Well, I guess John also wants her, but... He's immediately disappointed because she is a whore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I was going to tell you. So I bought my book used. And when I bought it, the clerk was like, hey, this book has highlighting and underlining. Are you okay with that? And I oh, was like, no. yeah, whatever. Um, it was like a $4 book, so I couldn't complain. Yeah. And um, during that scene... Where he's like, whore. Wait, what else does he say? He says like, un something. What does he call her? I uh, forget. I just know impudent it's a... strumpet. Yeah, you impudent strumpet. Yeah, because so yeah. John John found a, a book of Shakespeare on the reservation, which is like outlawed other places. So Shakespeare ties in a lot. So yeah, impudent strumpet. Yeah, but uh, on the pages where he, where she's trying to come on to him, and he's like, whore, whore, on those pages in my book, they just underline whore every single time, and highlighted impudent strumpet, but like, nothing else is highlighted in this chapter except whore. Well... You only highlight Which... the best quotes. <laughs> the important stuff. There's a ton of highlighting in this book, but... Yeah, some some of the ones I'm like, alright, cool, that's like that's a good one like <laughs> to highlight. But some of them, I'm like, you didn't need to highlight that. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's really up for interpretation. It's not my book that I'm <laughs> messing up. Yeah, but now people will think you people you're gonna you're gonna people are gonna think you highlighted whore. Oh no. <laughs> Probably not. And like this person, I don't know if it was owned by a few people, but they there's like different highlight colors and some chapters are pen. But yeah, this book has been around for a long time. You should add I, your own stuff to it. 
my own stuff. I I underlined one thing. Um, I don't know where it is. It was something about like absence. I'll find it and I'll let you know. Okay. There was another bit that I liked where not well, sort of running out of time, I guess. We do need to keep our episodes a tiny bit tighter, mostly due to upload limit. We can yeah, okay. uh, we can go a little bit over, but if we're doing two episodes a week, that builds up. Like you have, you can that, only go yeah. so much over. Um, yeah. But there was one thing I liked with Bernard. So he Bernard's the one who brings back Linda and John, and John in particular. Linda just takes so much twenty four hours a day. They literally just give her an apartment, and she just is out of it. 24 7 mm-hmm. literally until she dies um yeah but john is paraded around and bernard is basically like famous now like people before were like eh, it seems like maybe they like put some alcohol in his vial when he was yeah. an embryo like he's a little short and <laughs> now people are like he's so nice and charming oh my god bernard he's so good um and he's just reveling in this society, which is now treating him how, like, kind of everyone else gets treated to an extent. Maybe a little more as a celebrity status. But, um, so it's definitely, it's, I I like that idea. And it's actually one, if, uh, for anyone who's watched Black Mirror, uh, uh-huh. the, the episode where the guy, they, they all have to, like, ride the stationary bikes all day. And that dude gets I like... I hate that episode. <laughs> <laughs> right? But he gets like super pissed and he threatens to kill that girl. And instead of sticking to his guns in the end, he goes with the money. They shut their, they shut him up that way. And that's uh-huh. kind of what the vibe I got, right? This whole book was a Black Mirror vibe. It's very true, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they would never... Th- think that like if black mirror didn't exist mm-hmm. at the time but yeah i totally got a black mirror vibe of this whole book and i'm like has this not been made into an episode but i think parts <laughs> of each parts of this book have been made into all the episodes like yeah has themes mm-hmm. um so yeah we get a really good um Basically, when the characters are kind of found out to not be fitting in society, uh, after a big incident where they start destroying people, Soma, uh, the controller, of which there are ten on Earth, and they basically function like the popes for society, I suppose. Like, they literally, there are ten controllers, and they control the world. Um, And the regional one is talking to them, and... It's super interesting because he's explaining all of this stuff and uh, he gets into a debate with John about like philosophies of things. And his argument is that, yeah, you know, there are people who are more creative and technically like there is, you know, there's a, a caste system. There are people who work harder, but everybody is happy, like statistically speaking. So uh-huh. his idea is... You know, I'm even for him, the controller, he says that uh, he was doing research that was 
outside of the things they were allowed to research because it would affect the happiness of people. It would advance things too much or too little or in ways that would detract from from people's happiness. So he sacrificed his desire to research in order to bring everyone else happiness. And yeah. even though we as the reader know it's not true, do you like do you think there's merit in that or value in that idea? Mm. Yes and no, I guess. If if well obviously I'm in the boat in the party of everyone should know more about history and not be controlled so heavily but yeah (laughs) um if it means there would be like the purpose of this world is for everyone to be the same and to all think the same and not be so not be their own person obviously uh so if 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 letting people know about Shakespeare and philosophy and religion would create like uprisings I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't want to disrupt the purpose of the perfect world Mm -hmm. I guess so I get why he would he was withholding but also like me as Syl I would want everyone to know (laughs) The things that they should know, or people have a right to know whatever they want, you know. Yeah. Learn whatever they want, and see, have that's... their own opinions. Yeah, and it's so. I think that's why it's so interesting, and it's so like almost enticing because the main characters are allowed to know, right? Like, if you want yeah. to break out of this system, you don't have to. They just open the door for you, but. Yeah, it's and then they it's almost like the <laughs> yeah yeah you get shipped off um but it's like <laughs> that idea of you know if i think it's an analogy i've used a couple times in my life maybe for such discussions but like if somebody was acting like your friend and 100 percent of the time every interaction uh they appeared to be your friend but on the inside they actually hated you would it matter? And of course, we don't like that idea, but if you never knew, then what's the difference if you never find out? And it's such, it's, it's difficult because people are technically happy, even though they're just bred that way and like brainwashed and shit. But yeah, of course, it's still bad. Like, I don't want this future. But yeah, in that circumstance, like, it'd be difficult, man. And I think that's, yeah, like, definitely. why this book is so powerful. Because it makes you kind of think, okay, maybe this isn't a dystopia entirely. But it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this book has been relevant for so many years. Like, a hundred, almost a hundred years. Yeah, Actually, man. no, like, 90 years. Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. Almost a hundred. Rounds up. Yeah. When I was, um... So, I'm sure they've tried to adapt this into movies and TV shows several times. Um, I know for sure that he, 
uh, Huxley worked on a screenplay for the for a movie, but in recent times they created a series for it, and I watched the trailer yesterday, I think, and I was just disgusted. <laughs> but um, Sybil from one of our favorites, Downton Abbey, plays yeah. Lenina. Yeah, Anya, Anya informed that? me about that, and I was super excited, and then I looked into it, and then I was disappointed. <laughs> right? I was so ready. It looks so bad. <laughs> yeah. And um, the best part is when I was looking it up, it was like, new TV series on Peacock or whatever, and it was like, <laughs> came out, I don't know august or something canceled october <laughs> so it was already canceled after yeah. one season yeah well it i don't know that it apparently deviates a whole bunch like people are dying and shit and it's like why can't you just stick to it it's interesting there's plenty there there's sex built into the source material you don't need to make it sexy it's our it already is and yet yeah I wonder if anyone will ever do a proper interpretation. Not, I mean, even all movies have to be interpreted or changed a little bit. But if anyone will make like a proper adaptation, I'm sure it's some someday. We Hopefully. can only hope. But I don't know. I've. I have never been one of those people that are like, books should stay books. Because there are some movies that I really like of books. But I think this one might need to stay a book. Yeah, I'm definitely in the camp of some books should stay books. Yeah. This one. This one. I think. Has a right to stay a book. I think it could be done okay i think a tv series is an awful place to bring it it's not nearly there's not enough there like it's 300 pages it's not it's not beefy enough yeah a really good solid two-hour movie you think yeah oh yeah could do it but i don't know it'd have to be like it'd have to leave out a bunch of stuff that I think is interesting. Like I the Orgy Porgy. Orgy Porgy. I still, like, I can't, <laughs> I can't take it seriously. It's such a serious thing when it's happening, and they're like, Orgy Porgy. When I first read Orgy Porgy, I was like, wait, is this an orgy? Like, is it an actual orgy, or is it just, like, some weird ritual? I think it's... So, I'm gonna, let me... Let me be be the one to Google orgy right now. Get a definition here. Because I think it doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the first definition is secret ceremonial rites held in honor of an ancient Greek or Roman deity and usually characterized by ec ecstatic singing and dancing. So Roman orgies okay. in honor of uh, Bacchus. And then the second one is a drunken revelry and then after that it's sexual encounter so okay yeah. well 
my American brain, my American 2020 brain, assumes orgies are sexual gatherings. I didn't go there. You're just, you have a filthy mind. What? How dare you blame this on America? This is a sill <laughs> problem. <laughs> I guess I just didn't know that the classic definition was a ritual. I like of, of singing and dancing. I really thought these people were just like engaging in like sexual orgies. And I was like, what? I think What's it's happening? kind of I think that's it, that might happen like in the end like that one probably I'd be surprised if it didn't but yeah the the first one is just a little religious ceremony even though there's no religion it's weird Yeah well now I feel bad for thinking there's even more sex in this book <laughs> I think it's like, I mean, I I was going to say maybe it's meant to like elicit that, that response, but I honestly don't know what people thought of the word orgy in 1930, so. Yeah, definitely. Maybe they had more they of them. I don't know. <laughs> Before it was kind of looked down upon. Yeah. This is the 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 kids stuff is still like so. I mean, it's like they're it's kids and kids, but it's still just like they're just walking around a park and are the kids naked? It makes it sound like they're naked when they're doing this yeah. play stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't it was know so. Either. It was so just sudden. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just casual. <laughs> oh, look, there's those kids type thing. Normal. I just felt sorry for the the poor guy who wasn't having a good time, and the girl was like, I didn't mean to hurt him. I'm like, oh, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> How did you hurt someone during erotic play? That doesn't sound good. <laughs> what kind of erotic play is this? I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, but I think this was a good start to our monthly book clubs. Start strong. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this was a this was a good one to start with. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty. Um, I guess philosophical, but there's a lot of different meanings in this book. Oh yeah, and it's not of... super straightforward up for interpretations and we skimmed a lot oh yeah <laughs> definitely um like the entire debate with uh with uh why can't it mund mound mons mons whatever uh-huh. and About uh religion? and john and yeah we, like like bringing up shakespeare and that sort of stuff and just some of the musings are are very good um are you are you set? Are you sure about your your book choice for December? What do you mean? You're choosing. <laughs> well, yeah, but I gave you three options, and you. Oh yeah, no, I'm okay. sure. Okay. I even already told my sister about this book about cats I'm about to read. 
<laughs> so the book we're doing for December is another, I mean, not even another, it's incredibly short, I think. The language is not nearly as advanced. Don't know a better word for it. Um, not as advanced and definitely not dealing with like super... Not as charged. Yeah, that's perfect. Not as charged. And and we're not dealing with like super highbrow concepts yet. Um, <laughs> and that is the, the first book in the Warriors Cats series, which... I don't know, like, it's super popular, but it's also not, like, an internet meme. Like, it managed to avoid getting that, but also if you go looking for it, it's just a bunch of fanfics and fake cat names and shit. It lends itself really well to that, like, preteen sphere of, I'm gonna create my cat character and put them in a, a clan and roleplay. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. uh... Into the Wild is the, the first book. Yeah, it's about uh, cats living in clans in a forest. And at least for a while, out of the like 60 books there are now, um, they were deceptively good, I thought, as a 14-year-old, 13-year-old. <laughs> so will this be your first reread? I think I've reread the as first... As an adult? No. I've I think I've gone through the first so they're divided into series of six for the most part. I think I've gone through the first two series like upwards of ten or fifteen times. Wow. <laughs> On a good like if it's a Saturday and I'm up early enough, I can bang out like two or three of these books. <laughs> oh. Oh um, okay. And, and it like it speeds up, right? Because when you know it, you start to skim a little bit more. So I could just like yeah, that's destroy these books, at least the first like six or 12. Um, after that, it, it peters off a bit just because it's a, a serious time investment. But certainly there would be like a, a month where I would just like read a book every night and and do it up. They're very good at world building. I'm 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 very curious to see what you think of them. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward it. to it. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. That uh, that that feels like an episode. So. Yeah. Stayed on. We were able to talk about the book almost the whole time. We were. It's it's a <laughs> first. Probably first, and it will reserve it for book book episodes. Um, oh yeah. Do you want to do the outro? Um, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. I thought you'd say no. All right, be my guest. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been our first book club episode, and many more to follow. Hopefully, one a month. Um, yeah. If you have any comments or questions for us, you can send us an email at peer39 at gmail.com, I think. Yeah. Pure 39 and, podcast. Oh my god, how embarrassing. <laughs> Pure 39 podcast at gmail.com. Um, just like the title, Pure. And you can find us anywhere you get a podcast. Um, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. I don't know who uses iTunes podcasts. I'm sure a lot of people do. 
People uh, with iPhones, probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, and thank you all for listening. I don't know what else to say. No, that's fine. You, you did great. You did great. Um, Thanks. It's also been a a, a minute here since uh, since I've said it, so I want to say it again because I still am, and well, we still are uh, very grateful for for Chill Hop Records for letting us use "Long Way Home," all one word, no spaces, as our intro outro music. It's a great track. So it is very calming. <laughs> <laughs>